to NL Full Time, our end of season final podcast of the season. Carried on all through lockdown, but we've had enough. The season's finally finished and we're going to wrap it up finally for another season. Joining me this week, as always, we've got Rob and Dickie. Hiya, guys. Hi, Luke. Hi, guys. And Tom Lang, we've not seen him for a while, but here he is. He's with us as well. Hiya, Tom. Hi, everyone. And Tom, is that right? You've borrowed, you borrowed a house that's got Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Who thought internet would be so difficult to come by in London? <laughs> and uh, I sound like Matt Smith now, but join us. It's the two Adams, uh, Adam Summerton and Adam Virgo. Hi, you okay, guys? Evening. Very Evening. good, thank you. Great stuff. Um, Rob's got the agenda, so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just take a back seat and let him run it now. Well, we've got a few categories to look at. Um, some things are very obvious and very given, and obviously the the team and the managerial performances of, of those clubs that have been promoted from the three leagues, we doff our caps to them. We covered that pretty well um, in our sort of Champions podcast and our Playoff Winners uh, podcast last week. So they've had their moment in glory. It's time for us just to focus a little bit on one or two individuals that have performed well who might perhaps move up uh, to a higher level. And, and also to try and um, give a bit of credit to those managers. Not every manager can win the league or get promoted, but some of them are putting amazing performances, um, you know, maybe a little bit against odds or expectations. Um, we're also going to have a little bit of a laugh later on at some of the predictions we made. And I didn't have enough time, but I was going to dig back on the NLP to find out what yours were, Mr. Virgo, because I'm pretty sure you might have fallen into the same file trap as we did, didn't you? Win the league? Yeah. Yeah my, team almost, yeah, my team almost got relegated, so there's a little <laughs> hint there. Uh, oh, no worries. Well, welcome again to both the Adams. The first time that we've got you both on at the same time, so we can officially say alongside us. What's the working relationship been like? You've been, you've been working together for a few <laughs> years now, and obviously uh, you got it down to fine art, have you? Well, we have a good laugh, don't we? I'd like to think yeah. so anyway. There's a fair bit of banter. It, to be honest, it's it's a great team now on the National League because we've all worked on it for so long. I mean, how many seasons has Matt Smith done now? Is that, is that three or four that Matt's done yeah, as well? Yeah, so, three or four now, yeah. Yeah, and they're like Gordon, the floor manager, has been doing it for years and Natalie um, dibs in and out as well. So it's it's a quite a close team, really. So we've done pretty much every game this season, haven't we? Just only maybe a few that, that we haven't done. But yeah, it's it's good. It's good fun and... Hopefully, that comes across in in the coverage. I suppose, really. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think we do our best to to give the best product that we can do. C- budgets compared to what the 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 SPL get and the Premier League get, we're we're miles off. But all, all we can ever do is <clears throat> try and promote the league as much as possible. Give the the players and the manager and the sides all the respect that they deserve in terms of our research and the product that we deliver for what it is, I, th- I think it's a very, very good show. I thought the final that we did, I thought was, was, was pretty good. You know, we had decent cameras there. We had this new sort of spider cam that kind of went across the side of the pitch. We still had the FA cup um, platform for where the, the, the pre-match and post-match happened. I thought that looked really, really good. So I, I hopefully the, the viewers at home and, you know, the, the paying public, you know, enjoy the service that, that we get. Just looking at that final at Wembley, actually, I know, it was good in a way. A lot of people said that, you know, um, it was good that the best two teams went up in the end. And the fact the best three teams were competing in the border playoffs in the end, Notts County, Harrogate, and obviously Barrow went up, uh, was great. But I think well-deserved for Harrogate in the end, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I thought they were excellent on the day. Um, I wondered how they would perform on, on a stage like that. Um, you, you think back to last season when they really underwhelmed in the playoffs against Fylde. And I, I got the feeling right from the word go that they looked like a team, a squad of players and a manager who wanted to kind of put the record straighted. I think they had the, the best reaction possible to what happened a year ago. And, you know, they've, they've, right, they've, they've put that wrong right now, I suppose you could say. But they just look a, a really good, well-functioning, well-organised, well-drilled um, team that is full of energy as well. And there's a good blend of, of experience and youth as well, which I think is so important, well, I suppose, at any level of football. But I thought it was particularly noticeable in that side. You know, you've got someone like Will Smith, for example, who's 22 and, and working his way in the game. But then you've got someone like Jack Muldoon. Um, you've got someone like John Stead, who, who played a pivotal role in the final when he came on as a sub. So, like I say, I think that, that, that blend that they've got is fantastic. I'm really pleased for them, for Simon as well, because I had a really good chat with him after the game. And Spoke to him before, but I think Adam had probably backed me up on this. He's one of the nicest guys I think I've ever met in football. And as I said to him and his dad, I spoke to them both afterwards. And I just said that it, it, they're, so, they're so genuine. They're, they're such genuine, honest, decent people. And, and, I, and I, it's hard to, I'm sure hardly anyone could really begrudge them the success that, they, that they've earned. And they've earned it. You know, it's been hard work. It's been dedication. It's been a long road. They haven't just thrown a load of money at it all in one go. Uh, and they've got you know, their holy, they've achieved their holy grail, I suppose you might say. Yeah, I, I, I thought they were excellent in the final. I thought that, I think when we go into finals as a production, as the, the product that we produce, I, I really, especially on that time, because there wasn't much football on in terms of we were the only show in town. So I think we got over 300,000 viewers, which was, a you know, an excellent return for, for non-league football for people watching. And I, I always go into those games and I really, really hope that, the casual viewer will just turn on and think, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll watch this game. And it, I was pleased that one of the two teams turned up. And, you know, I think Harrogate are a testament to themselves. I said on commentary towards the end, I think they can go again next year. I, je- I, I don't see why they can't get into the playoffs in League Two and really push themselves. The only adjustment you worry about is they've been used to playing on 3G and now they have to just play into grass week in, week out. Now, if they can make that adjustment well... And I think the way that they play, I think Simon will, will make some cunning signings. Um, you know, if they can keep Jack Diamond on loan, you know, these little things that come into play, I, th- I think they've got a real, real chance. But as Adam was saying, we, you know, we met Simon's dad before the game and they're just two nice fo- people in football. And, you know, we're lucky to, to meet managers where, you know, we, we work, you know, I, I can say I work with, you know, the Premier League people that work on Premier League and they get no insight from any manager at all but we're so lucky to get that kind of closeness to managers closeness to players and um, you know sometimes you just wish good things happen to good people and for Harrogate Town um, it's a great story all round and um, I don't think anyone could begrudge them because I thought during the playoffs they were the best team um, to go up Notts County just didn't turn up on the day and the big thing I think before the game was everyone was talking about experience and I think experience can can go to a certain length in terms of what it can produce. But then also, when you mentioned the word experience, that there will be players in your team that are ageing. And I don't know what it is with that pitch, but I remember a few years ago, Tranmere played Forest Green. And, you know, people say what they want about Steve McNulty. But I remember that day he got found out when every game I've done him during the season, he's been absolutely superb and a great professional. I think like the likes of Michael Doyle, Jim O'Brien, those experienced players that you need they just weren't at it. And 
when you've got experienced players, but you've got good youth players around you. They're the ones, they're your legs. They're the ones that need to get around the pitch. And for some reason, Neil made the changes at halftime and they almost worked. But the third goal, you know, killed the game really. But full, full, and, and I think that was the good thing about the playoffs this year was that the reason that second and thirds got that by was to give them a better chance. And I think that worked out well for those two to be in the final. It was the right final. And I think the right team went up in the end. One thing I kept hearing from Rob and Dickie last week was Harrogate felt it was more like a free hit for them. So do you think they were more relaxed than Notts County? Do you think Notts County felt like they had more pressure on them? I've been batting on all season about this. The boys are getting fed up with it. And when I've talked to managers like Dave Challoner and one or two others, I've talked about mentality and how important it is because most of the professional players in the National League are quite efficient. Uh, decent footballers but for me that final was all about mentality one team coming into it believing that they were going to win believing it was theirs to grab and the other one to be honest came in like they were trying to walk or run through quicksand and they played under so much pressure and I think Neil Arley to his credit he admitted that and he and he did to some extent get them out there in better shape in the second half but it was too late the game was won Tom you had a point yeah it was just um Obviously, the season's just finished, but because of the coronavirus, we're in that weird situation where actually we've just finished playoffs, but pre-season friendlies are starting already. Um, we're going to be looking at the start of the next season in, well, you know, just over a month, we're going to go into the FA Cup preliminary rounds. A lot of fans on the League Two forums are already talking about how well-equipped they think Barrow and Harrogate are to survive next season. When you look back through the stats of the last 18 teams to be promoted, different teams to be promoted in the last decade, only three have come back down. What do you think this says to the strength of the National League? You know, you guys have been covering it for so long. Relative to the fully professional game, just how close is the National League now? I think it's very close. The, the, the statistic that you've just read there proves it, doesn't it, beyond any doubt. I think anecdotally we can all see that, that that's clearly the case. That I mean, a lot of people say it's a, effectively like um, a fifth professional division now. I think there's only, what, is it three teams, guys, who are part-time or... I mean, they're not even really part-time anymore, are they? They're sort of a hybrid of part-time and full-time, the few teams that aren't full-time. So I think that says a lot as well. I have to say, and I think Adam mentioned this in one of the commentaries that, or, or a couple of the commentaries we did on the playoffs, that the biggest indicator you could have of the standards in terms of the professionalism that there is now at that level, which backs up the point Tom was, was I think, making there, is that how those players went from a standing start to the levels that they achieved in those playoffs, every single team. You know, I saw that in the Bundesliga because they were the first league back and I covered it on BT Sport. And when I saw the levels that the players that, that were achieving there, that surprised me because I thought there would be a way off that. But to think that in the fifth tier of English football that they're achieving very similar standards, really, in terms of the intensity the energy levels throughout the game, I think that's absolutely remarkable. And, it, and it's a real testament to, you know, the, the staff that they, that they have at these football clubs, the dedication of the players. Things have moved on massively, haven't they, in, in the last sort of yeah. 10, 15 years or so. It, it's really, really so impressive. And it's funny, I, I did mention to Simon after the game, Adam, that, that you'd... Um, that you tip them for back-to-back promotions. And he, he smiled and he said, someone told me you'd said that, yeah. <laughs> so, well, it'll, again, go, which, yeah, it'll, go, it'll go, well, I'll either get a text saying, well done, or a text <laughs> saying, you Wally, when I'm commentating on again next season. Uh, yeah, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm reiterating Adam's point now. Like, I, I don't see the National League as a part-time league at all. I see it as the, I see those players as professional. I think that the, the professionalism, not only from the players now, but it's the whole structure of a football club 
is is night and day to what it was. And I'd even go as far as National League North and South now. Teams coming up and from those divisions, for me, can hold their own now. And we've seen it happen over the last few years that teams come in from North and South and they have good seasons. You know, actually a few years ago went straight into the playoffs. So for me, it's not that. And when I see FA Cup games when National League beat League Two sides, it is an upset. But to me, it's not an upset because I know those teams are capable enough on their day to beat League Two teams. And I look at the other factor now, and I, I think they're big factors. That you look in January in particular, um, like Reese Hackett, Fairchild, Jack Taylor, Peter Chioso, those players will be in signed for money in January from football league clubs. And I think that shows now that, that the level that we're at now is night and day to what it was 15, 20 years ago. And I think the managers are getting better. I think the standard of football is getting better. And I also think now that the, the level of player is, is getting better. And I, I think the thing with Barrow for me is just how the new manager will adjust with that team. Uh, the way that Ian played for, so, for that season is how, um, how the new manager can come in and, um, and, and sort of keep with that philosophy going. But, but you're right, Tom. I just think it's the, just the level of professionalism. And I think now the op- I think people see the National League as an opportunity to be spotted where I think people used to drop into the National League and think my career's over or when it was a Vanarama or whatever, you know, many years ago, they think, well, and they'd almost have to go and work. I think the the fact now it's more professional and teams are less part-time, that they can train more. And I remember Peter Taylor telling me that we may not be able to offer the money that maybe a lead two clubs, but I can offer them full-time football and I can make them better footballers. Um, And I I think that's a massive, massive difference now from what it was uh, 10, 15 years ago. And I think that there is, you know, there's the evidence to back that up in terms of the people that are making those moves. As you said, you know, you mentioned the likes of the Jack Taylor move in mid-season. We're quite soon into the close season. There's already been 19 players that have made a move to either the EFL or the top two flights of Scottish football from the non-league system already. Um, and particularly with finances being squeezed in the in the top upper flights of the game, you'd expect those numbers to really increase um, as we move through the summer months as well. It's a great shot window, isn't it? And, and like you say, it's not like a romantic story if someone does move up. But I know Rob wants to talk about players who you think should move up and maybe haven't, Rob. So we talked briefly on the introduction about some of the areas we're going to look at. And just to keep a little bit of control, what we'll do, and to keep it varied for the listeners as well, um, I'd like to start if I can, and there's a reason for this which will become clear, but... Uh, Adam, uh, Summerton, in any order that you like of those four categories, do you want to talk us through, um, you know, your nominations? Yeah. Um, so in terms of, I think, a player that you, you asked who, who I think could, who hasn't moved up yet, who, who could, I think for me there's a real standout there, and that's Cal Roberts at Notts County. I think that he's one of the best players in all the years that I've been covering this league, in, certainly in terms of, the technical levels, he's one of the best that I've seen. And I think one thing that you always get told covering this level of football, when you speak to managers, when you speak to journalists, and you say, "Why?" Is, I've watched him two or three times. Why has he not moved up? And the, the, the answer you always get back is, he's not consistent enough. I remember a player who, one of the first players I saw who really caught my eye covering this league, I think the first game I ever covered with Adam was, was Eastley. Um, I think it was away at Lincoln and they had a player called Jay Reason and I remember watching him for the first time and I thought how is this lad playing in the National League he should be you know way up the levels and then someone said to me well if you watch him next week you probably won't get half as good a performance and, and that, that actually turned out to be true really because the next time I watched him 
he wasn't anywhere near as involved. And I think whilst he was capable of in fantastic performances, there was an issue with consistency. But I think what's impressed me most by Cal Roberts is when, whenever I've seen him, he's delivered. Um, and he looks a, and the goal that he scored as well, which is my favourite goal of the season, certainly that I've commentated on anyway in the National League, was the goal in the playoff um, against Barnet, which again was just a fantastic piece of individual brilliance. And it, it was a goal that really belonged at a much higher level of football. You know, if it's that type of goal had been scored in the Champions League, then we, it would certainly, you know, we'd, we'd be praising it to the hilt. So admittedly, there might be a better defensive standard at that level of football, but it was still a, an absolutely fantastic goal. A best, a best managerial performance outside of the top two I was asked. And I would say, for me, that would be Pete Wilde because I look at the situation that he inherited and I look at the squad that he inherited. And I think that the fact that he got them into the playoffs, they've punched, for, in my opinion, quite way above you know, their, their weight this season. So I think he deserves a, a huge amount of credit. And he's an exciting young manager as well. I'm excited to see what he does next season too and how his career progresses I think he can and they can look back on an excellent season um, and in terms of, of a front runner I was asked about for next season as well just look at the it's very early days isn't it in terms of new signings but I'm, I'm impressed by the business that Stockport have done so far you know in someone like Rooney they've got a player who's just been promoted and has got a proven track record that at this level is still young enough to make a big impression as well I think the two Jennings brothers we all know their pedigree too and certainly you know Connor promoted back-to-back promotions wasn't he with Tranmere and now dropping back into the 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 National League after that that season in League One so I think he'll be a big player in this league and they've got someone like Hogan for instance who who I think that um, you know hasn't played much this season but could be a, a huge performer for them at the back they've got a very good manager there as well I'm sure there'll be other additions too there's the players from this season that they've, they've already got, who've impressed me as well, and they just missed out on the playoffs. So Stockport would be a side that I would look at. But obviously people, you know, Notts County have got to be, they've got to be the side that a lot of people will look at as well. But I think I'd, I just fancied Stockport because of the fact they've just had that season under their belt. They've made some very shrewd signings already, and I'm sure there'll probably be more as well. A big crowd behind them as well too, as, as Notts County. <laughs> Exactly. It'd be great to just have some games with big crowds again, won't it? Yeah. Um, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, crossed. hopefully. That's, a, that's great stuff from you. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, the reasons have become clear in just a minute. I'd like to go next myself. Um, best goal of the season um, that I saw anyway. And, and ridiculously, the guy did this same goal twice. And you've got to see it to even begin to understand it. It was Jack Powell who was on loan from Crawley at Aldershot. And uh, he did it in a home game. And everyone thought that was a bit bananas. And, and then about three or four weeks later, he did the same goal again away at Yeovil, I think, to put Aldershot Town uh, 2-1 up. And they eventually drew to all late equaliser from, from Yeovil. But it was Jack Powell. And it was um, just a short free kick about 40 yards out, off to the left-hand side. And it was played short to him. And then he just let fly with the shot and got so much swerve or swaz or whatever you want to call it on the ball that in both games, the goalkeeper started going in one direction, the ball went in the other. And, the, and it made the goalkeepers look very stupid. But it, it's no fluke, the fact that he did it twice. Uh, he was superb for all the shot while he was there. And uh, obviously, he, he wanted to try and fight his way into the Crawley team, which he did to some extent towards the end of the season. So that was my goal of the season, possibly one that, that, that some of you guys might not have seen. 
Um, the best manager outside of the promoted clubs, well, we have to doff our cap to, uh, to obviously, uh, the promoted managers. And I, I think a, a worthy mention for Neil Ardley and, and, and Darren Searle to get Yeovil and Notts County so high in their first season back. But for me, um, and this might surprise any Aldershot Town fans listening, but Alan Dowson at Woking, quite extraordinary. I think they've won eight of their um, first nine games. Alan Dowson got ridiculous amounts out of Woking and, and then they suffered a horrendous run of form, didn't they, where it was difficult to halt the slide, but he did halt that slide. He got them going again and they really weren't too far away at the end. I think a 10th place finish for Woking in their first season back as one of those part-time teams was was outstanding. And uh, my front runner uh, as a team for next season. And it's based on the experience of the manager who's there and who steadied the ship towards the end of last season. Runnings that he's made so far this season. That's Darrell McMahon and Dagenham and Redbridge. Um, up front, he's brought in the undoubted quality of Paul McCallum, top scorer in the National League two seasons ago. In the middle, he's now got the very experienced Dean Rance to complement the likes of Sam Deering and Mitch Brundle. Um, and at the back, he's brought in a fella who I know Adam Virgo rates and I rate and I think is one of the best leaders in the National League. And I'm delighted to say he now joins me on the line and he's, uh, he's with us as well. That's Callum Reynolds. Callum, uh, welcome to the NL Full-Time Podcast and congratulations on the move to Dagenham. How, how, you, how you feel about it? Evening, chaps. Um, yeah, obviously, very, very happy to kind of get the deal done, um, and looking forward to working with the manager who I was lucky enough to play with only for a couple of months towards the end of his playing career at Bolton Wood, um, and he's tried to sign me before, um, but it didn't work out. So, yeah, looking forward to just getting back on the pitch, most of all. Yeah, and I joked when you put your photo on Instagram in your new car, I said you always look good in red and blue, Callum. But uh, just how frustrating having played your part in that season was it? Was it not to be involved in those playoffs, or is it? It's just all a part of this crazy, uh, you know, COVID world that we're in the last few months, and something had to give. Yeah, you just no one saw it. Obviously, no one saw it coming. As strange as the situation was leading up to it, it was. Uh, it was quite sad, really. Um, obviously, I still kept in touch with the boys and Alan was supporting them um, and watched the games. And it was strange to watch them, you know, and sort of, like, I wanted to be involved, um, but I wasn't, um, just various reasons. But, yeah, weird, just a weird one. Like, my season finished, well, you know, my season finished last game I played, I scored and then got injured from off at half-time, so that was eventful enough. But, yeah, it was a weird, yeah, just like everything, just a bit just strange. And just a question for you, um, Callum, as well. Um, you've been nominated, I know, in Adam Virgo's team this season, at least two of the last three seasons. Um, you've been around at this level for a while. You've flirted with a high level. You're 30 now. How desperately would you love to uh, play a vital role in a team like Dagenham, taking them back to the promised land? Uh, it would be, yeah, there's nothing better than, not a lot of players get promoted in their careers. I've been lucky enough to have one, but yeah, I'd uh, love to add to it. Um, and yeah, get, get into the Football League one way or another. Um, looks like promotion could be the quickest way to do that. So it would be, uh, be special. 
Cal, what was that Barnet side like to, to be a part of this season? Because I'll be honest with you, you were my tip for the title. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really rated your chances. I looked at what had happened last season, you know, and, and in fact, in I think, two, I think the two or three previous seasons, we'd seen a team that had finished mid-table in the previous campaign go on and then get promoted. And I, and I kind of looked at Barnet and your circumstances and I, and I, th- I could see that happening there as well. What, why do you think that you didn't quite make it to those, you know, title challenging levels? Because you look at the squad and on paper, I, for me, as I said, I, I thought that was a squad that could really challenge. Yeah. Um, yeah, like going in, uh, well, not this season, last season, I was excited with the project and obviously trying to get back in the league for the club. Um, but it was a bit of a nightmare personally that like I fractured my spine about a week before season, the last pre-season game. And it kind of ruined my season. Even when I came back, I weren't right. Um, but this year, we yeah, we started well. and We kind of hit a bad patch just before Christmas. And I think the last defeat, it was away to Barrow. And then we went on a went on a great run. And just I probably started just motoring on a little bit too late. Um, and if we'd have had... Paul McCallum in probably earlier in the season might have been a different story um, but also it's, it's mad it's like the club's cursed with injuries some of the boys yeah. that I know have been there for the two years and they've hardly played and through no fault of their own but just just injuries but the amount of injuries as well do you know what I mean not one or two like I think there was a time last season where I think we could have fielded a very good National League team of 10 outfield players that were all injured. So, yeah, just a bit of bit of luck with injuries could have been different. And, yeah, would have been nice to have yeah, started the season with McCallum, but he obviously made his impact when he did come in. Well, nice one. You'll get, hopefully, to start the season with Callum, the Callum and McCallum show down at uh, Dagenham Rebels this year. Callum, thank you very much for joining us, particularly at short notice there, and uh, best of luck for the coming season. No, I appreciate it, thanks, and yeah, look forward to when it eventually does kick off again. Anybody keen to go next? We've got Tom Dickey and Adam Virgo to go. Who wants to go next? Well, funnily enough, I'm wondering whether I might need to check my internet security or, or Adam might need to check his, because there's quite a lot of repetition in, in, in my uh, choices here. Um, when it came to manager... Um, I went for Pete Wilde from from Halifax again, uh, simply because I don't think I, I th- we'll find out when we perhaps review our predictions at the end. But I don't think any of us predicted Halifax being a playoff side, and I think I think for for what he achieved there, I think that uh, he deserves a huge amount of credit. Um, in terms of the player to progress, um, similarly, Callum Roberts from Notts County. I mean, I was I was. Fortunate stroke, unfortunate enough to see him at, at close quarters earlier in the season at Blythe. Um, he didn't take any time at all in just adapting to the next level above at Notts County. And, you know, I've heard Notts County fans, even after their defeat last week, suggesting, you know, how they went, how they go next season might depend on whether they can hold on to him because some of them feel that he's perhaps, you know, almost too good for them, um, you know, and I, I think he's he's destined for a higher level, either with Notts County or um, or without. When it came to a team for next season, I didn't look an awful lot further than Stockport County. I think one of the other reasons I went for those is is not being sure about how teams uh, that have been involved in the playoffs uh, and have 
you know, fallen at almost the final hurdle, how that they will rebound, you know, if the season starts in the first weekend of October, which has been projected, that's not a long gap between this season ending for those sides and, and then starting again. And I know sometimes teams can suffer a bit of a, a playoff hangover, you know, if they if they don't quite deliver. So Stockport haven't been involved in that. That's given um, Jim Gowan the opportunity to make signings. I think everybody was stunned with, you know, the signing of John Rooney. But as you mentioned, the Jennings brothers, they brought in Jamie Stott as well on a on a two-year deal. Presumably he's going to partner Liam Hogan at the centre of defence. And, and, and I think you mentioned the, the crowds as well. I mean, obviously we don't know what the situation is going to be as regards attendances and how many fans are going to be allowed to into games. But I know from Stockport County that when their fans feel they're on a roll and when, you know, there's a huge amount of positivity around the club at the moment, then they absolutely back them to the hilt. And I think that could be a big factor for them as well. We'll uh, come to you next then, Adam, and we'll save Tom till last. I reckon yeah. he'll, have, he'll have one or two out of left field. He'll have something different. Yeah, I must admit, like, quite a few has been mentioned already. So I'm just trying to think left field of of different players. The the goal of the season for me would have been Omar Bougil's goal against Woking for Sutton. I don't know if anyone's seen it. It was a long ball that got played forward and the defenders headed up in the air and he's just volleyed it first time and it was a spectacular goal. I mean, I'd advise to go and watch it. It was... And, and he's got that in the bag sometimes, that, that individual bit of qualities. Again, as Adam talks about before with the players that we watch, it's just that little bit of consistency sometimes and... You know, sometimes he's done it and sometimes he's hadn't. But for me, that that was my goal of the season. The goal of the season that we've watched on BT would have probably been Enzio Baldwin's goal against Barnet, the one that he cut in and he hit it from about 25 yards into the top corner. So they were probably my two goals, one from watching BT games and then one to seeing the highlights. Manager of the season, I mean, Pete Wilde, of course, deserves a massive amount of credit for... Um, for, for what he's done at Halifax. Um, but I, I, I'll go to Neil Ardley. I think he's, been, for me, been the manager of the season because the 45 minutes of his whole season, it could have been the perfect season. That first 45 minutes against Harrogate maybe have cost themselves in the Football League because I thought they were a good second half, but they needed that second half to be perfect and it wasn't just for that one time when when Jack Diamond scored. But you you think about relegated sides, you think about what he had to deal with Alan Hardy in that summer with ridiculous tweets that he was sending out of all sorts of sausages and stuff and you know it wasn't a, an ideal time to, to become a manager and sort of have to take that on and then you lose all your squad and then you're trying to get big players out on big contracts and then all of a sudden you've got to try and rebuild a squad and I, even, I remember him saying he was even trying to adjust from five you know from seven subs down to five subs and wasn't too sure how that and then all of a sudden when you've been used to losing your everybody's cup final that's not an easy thing to do and for me to have one of the best home records in the league, I, I mean, I'm sure there'll be someone out there having a go at me saying they've only... I can't remember. I think they lost a couple at home. I might be wrong. They had a really, really good home record. And then he brings in Callum Roberts and he gets the best out of Michael Doyle and Mitch Rose and these kind of players. So for me, I thought, in times of the pressure of the biggest club in the league, I know Wrexham fans will probably have a fit about it, but, you know, they, they, were, they, they were a big, big club that for 40... But for 45 minutes he would have had the perfect season. Um, I think for players that haven't made it into the Football League yet, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Kane Smith at Borenwood. I, I, apart from his injury that he had a couple of years ago, I thought he would have made the step up. 
Um, I think if Josh Hare can make the step up into Football League, I think someone like Kane can easily make that step. <clears throat> and I've picked up his brother before he got his move to Peterborough. But I think Harry Taylor is another player for me that I think if he can find his best position, if it's going to be midfield or centre-half, but I think his attitude and the way that Darren Curry speaks about him, um, I think that he will be one for me, like his brother. I don't think technically he has his brother's skill, but I think his his personnel, the way that he plays, I think um, a sort of testament to myself. So I'll be surprised if you know football league's clubs are not looking at him. And next season, I'll probably go for Boreham Woods. I, I like the squad that Luke's Luke's building up, providing that he can keep. Thomas and Shamanga and players like that. Um, signing Nathan Ashmore on a contract's a, a decent signing. Um, probably some bit more pace within within the sides. Um, I, I think they can go strong next season. But of course, Stockport have made exciting signings. I think Notts County are the team to beat next year. I think Stevenage will be fairly decent. But I think if you're looking for an outside runner um, for, for promotion in the National League, I, I will go for Warren Wood. Uh, so my manager of the season would be. Uh... Alan Dowson as well. I thought what he did on the budget he had at Woking, the size of the club he had at Woking, you know, as Adam, other Adam said earlier on, Woking one of only three non-fully full-time teams in the division. Uh, so for him to achieve a finish of 10th after that horrendous run in the middle of the season, really impressive management. And, and you know, it's in, it's in keeping with what he does. He did similar things with Hampton and Richmond as well. Um, and he's proven that he can sort of eke the most out of a small budget and a, and a relatively constrained team. I'm not going to say a goal of the season because one of the drawbacks of being in Afghanistan for much of the campaign is I've not actually managed to see many goals. Um, so I will uh, not just copy someone's answer on that one. And then um, the other two questions. So yeah, player that I think will progress to the Football League. Um, I'm looking more at sort of how high a ceiling can be as opposed to maybe the impact he's had on the division this season. But in a relatively in a quick time period of time, he's made the transition from under 18s level at step three to being one of the better creative midfielders in the National League. Um, and I think that he has the potential to be within a season, a, foot, a, a football, a League One, potentially even championship uh, creative midfielder. And that's Ethan Chislett. Um, I know obviously Rob, you see him regularly. I think he's he's one of the most technically gifted players I've seen in non-league, um, right from when he was a 17-year-old when I was watching him at Met Police. And I just think he's got all the all, all the attributes he needs to take a step up. That season in the National League will have done him wonders. And whether it's you know the back end of this summer even, or in January, I think the moves on the cards for him, definitely. Uh, and then team for next season, um, Notts County. I think, um, again, like Neil Ardley was definitely in the conversation for manager of the season for me. Um, and if he can... Bear in mind, you know, as as um, Adam said in his answer, Neil Hardley walked into an absolute casserole of nonsense at Notts County. Um, and the way he turned that around and, and performed like such an admirable season, um, really remarkable. And I think if he can do it from, you know, a running start this time around, there's not many other people that, or teams that are going to live with what Notts County can put on the field. No, I'm surprised no one's mentioned Darren Curry, actually. At Barnet, he's done. I know he can do that because you haven't had a go yet, have you, Luke? Yeah, he had, a, he, had a, he had a special mention, but no, I think he's done a really good job. His contract's up in September, um, been heavily linked with South End, hasn't he? So Barnet said they're trying to resolve it, but who knows? He could well end up managing in League Two next year. And I think he's done well, he's earned his stripes because he had big, big boots to fill, didn't he, after John Still? So I think he's done uh, he's done a very good job, and you could see how devastated he was when he uh, didn't get through against Notts County. 
Any uh, any team that you've got your eye on, Luke, that seems to have uh, got it right with the transfers so far coming in? Say Dagenham, I think signing Paul McCollum's a game changer for him. Somebody who's going to bang him in probably between 15 and 20 goals, all being well for him. That could propel him into a playoff position. Obviously, Stockport are making good signings, but it just depends how they gel. Boreham Wood got more or less the same squad as this season, so they'll be quite solid. So you're probably looking at the same sort of names as last season, maybe see how Chesterfield do now they've been taken over and how John Pemberton gets to do the full season. But yeah, it's probably you're probably looking at the same sort of six, seven or eight names. And like you say, Chuck and Steven are in as well. Every season, I think we've done it the last three seasons now, this is the third one, we, um, as a podcast team, we nail our colours to the mast. And uh, I sort of coordinate it here, and I'm going to bring it up now with some shame and embarrassment because we pretty much have had some stinkers this year. Um, however, I think one thing we have to get out of the way straight away, four out of the five of us picked filed to win the league. And I really don't know if there's any more kind of depth in that conversation. We've had the discussion with both of you individually in previous podcasts. So I think we'll just put that one out there. Um, we weren't the only ones. Um, Adam Summerton, who did you tip? Who did you tip to win the league this season? Arnett, that was who I tipped. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, I looked at what had happened with Lincoln and, and Macclesfield and I just saw some similarities there in that they'd finished mid-table the season before, but, but finished the season strongly and had some momentum, which is what I thought Barnett had. And looked at the squad as well, you know, the, the, the Taylor brothers, excellent players. Um, we've already seen one of them go on for a million quid, haven't we? Or it could eventually become a, a million quid. Um, I thought that Akinola would get better, and he did. Um, shame that Coolthurst didn't play more. I thought Sweeney was one of the best defenders in the league, which was another reason why um, I picked them. As well, I just looked throughout the squad and I, and I thought Alexander as well, the full, but they, they just looked to me like they had a, a well balanced, um, quite experienced squad, but they just couldn't find that level of consistency. If I was picking them again, if I was doing this all over again, you know, I'd still look <laughs> at that squad and think that really should be challenging for the tile, but it doesn't always work out that way. It's a brutal league, it's, it's incredibly competitive, it's very unpredictable. And as I say, you know, they made the playoffs, but uh, they were. But better than files, eh, Phyllis? And Adam uh, Virgo just remind us again, I think you touched on it earlier in the podcast, but uh, who did you predict to win the league this season? I went for Barrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in your dreams. In your dreams. I wish I did. Uh, if you had Grant Hart on the show, on the show, he would have said Barrow, which he, he did at the start of the season. I, I went for Chesterfield. I just felt... I remember the end of their last... The, the season previously, they finished really, really strong. I think... Uh, John had really assembled a side that, that looked fitter, they looked sharper, and they ended up selling Charlie Carter. And then, you know, I just thought, you know, Fondop and um, Bowden up front, I thought would be would be decent. And I don't know, I just felt something about them that I always felt with a, a relegated side the next season after they're relegated. I think sometimes you can see them, you know, like I feel with Yeovil next year, it's almost going to be like you, you find your feet in the league a little bit more. You know what to expect and you know the ground, you know the players that you're coming up against. And it, it, I think the next season, like with Notts County as well, and I really thought that, but honestly, I, I couldn't, they were so bad this year. I, honestly, they, I, I was so disappointed with them and 
in fairness to them, and I will say this, so many times when managers go through bad periods, you, you expect them to get the sack. But they stayed with John for a long, long period of that season where results weren't going against them. And I thought defensively they looked shaky and they always looked like they could see goals. And I promise you, if it wasn't for, for this COVID-19, you really could have seen Wrexham, Chesterfield and Fylde all go down. They, they, they were that poor this season. Um, so, yeah, at the start of the season, I... I I picked Chesterfield purely on the basis of what they did last season. I thought John had come in and got real momentum. I thought they'd know, they'd learnt about the league and and to go again. But like like all of us, I'll, I'll be amazed that if anyone really got the prediction right at the start. Let's have a little look then. We won't go through them in painstaking detail, but at our predictions, I'm going to give for everybody to be fair. Um, I'm going to give uh, their blinding prediction and a stinker or two. We've got to start with a gentleman who's not able to join us tonight, and that's Chris Pratt. And, and Chris, when you listen to this, I'm sorry, mate, but you had a stinker. Um, 95 points you got in total, which sounds a lot, but it's, it's well behind the others. Um, probably your best prediction was that you thought that uh, Hungerford would finish in the bottom two in the National League South. Uh, that they did, but of course they uh, got a bit of a stay of execution uh, with nobody going down from that level. Uh, yes. Angry tweets from Charlie Austin, Chris. He doesn't like it when you predict Hungerford to go down. <laughs> That's right, absolutely. And Chris's stinker, and I've got to say, he was the only one to do this. But Chris predicted Barrow to finish rock bottom, um, <laughs> which which is quite remarkable considering wow. he also predicted, like some of the rest of us, he predicted far to win the league. So, sorry, Chris. The best thing I can do for you is move on to our. Uh, fourth placed uh, prediction, which, uh, sorry, uh, host, uh, Luke, you came fourth, but uh, you did get three figures, 103 points, and your blinder is an absolute belter. You picked six of the top seven finishers in the National League North. That is absolutely outstanding, Luke. Um, uh, you picked York, Gateshead, Chester, Altrincham, Boston and Brackley all to finish in uh, the top six. Um, and, uh, oh, top seven, sorry. And uh, you also picked Spennymore, who didn't make it. But um, you, must have, you must be pleased with that little uh, haul, Luke. Yeah, Spennymore would have made it. I think the season had carried on. But, um, yeah, beating the expert Dickie there, so I'm quite pleased on that. Um, yeah. Jamie did rubbish and everything else. Well, you did because I kept I kept re-adding up your totals, and I couldn't believe that ultimately you were only fourth because you were so outstanding in the National League North, where you also picked Bradford Park Avenue to uh, to go uh, in the bottom two as they did. Um, like a couple of us, you went for Dan Maguire to be the top goal scorer, and of course, he only uh, he only scored two goals all season. That didn't help. Um, you did. Bit below average in the National League South, and 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 you, you, you quite frankly were rubbish in the National League Premier. You picked Harrogate to finish in the top uh, seven, and that was it. Your overall total, um, and that was your stinker, by the way, getting only one team to finish in the top seven in the National League Premier. Uh, and your final total was 103. You came fourth. Yeah, 19, 95 points for for Chris. 113 for you. To be fair, you were only two points behind those in, in joint second place. And that was Tom and myself with 115 points. 
at this point, somebody will have worked out that he's the winner. But um, just looking at that, um, Tom, your blinding prediction really was for Blythe Spartans to finish in the bottom two in the National League North, which they did. Um, and a couple of stinkers, which I know you've had to deal with on Twitter in the last week. Notts County to get relegated, Tom, uh, and Weymouth to finish in the bottom three, I think, in the south. The co- you're, you're in the dock. Go. <laughs> well, we've, we've all discussed the sort of shady situation that Neil Ardley found at Notts County, and I just didn't think they'd recover that. Um, a good, good mate of mine's a county fan, and he was really nervous about a season and thought they'd play National League North in a couple of years because he just didn't think the club would recover. So I'm blaming that one on him. And then as for Weymouth, I, I just thought a, a step up, having lost Brandon Goodship, who scored about 347 goals in the last two seasons, I just didn't think they would, would would take that step up as well without their main man. Um, but Baggy, Thompson, Ojibadi, uh, they all stepped up and they had a fantastic season. And sometimes you just sort of have to hold, hang your head in shame and admit you were very, very wrong, which I was. What's this story I'm hearing? Was it just in jest or did Weymouth have something pinned up in the dressing room or whatever about, about people predicting them to struggle this season? I don't know. I was told that they had it. They had one of my predictions printed up uh, where I said that I didn't think they'd make it over the line. They did. I got the same amount of points, 115. Um, like a few of us, I did quite well with my predictions in the National League North. Got five of the top seven. Um, and my stinker, for which I just would have thought it would be one promotion and one level too many. And who would have believed they'd go on and go up another level? And that's Kings Lynn. Um, you know, as someone who lives in East Anglia, I should be ashamed. I should drop, hang my head in shame. But I predicted them to finish in the bottom two. I thought they'd struggle at this level. And of course, they finished in the top two and were effectively awarded the, the title on points per game. Really, really well done to Kings Lynn. All right, we can't wait any longer. We've got to Big up our winner. It's the newbie. It's the man who wasn't even in the competition last season, uh, Dickie Wharton. Just three points ahead of me and Tom, but 118 points. So therefore, just five between the top four. Dickie, congratulations. Um, we'll go through your, your highs and lows, if you like, first, and then you can do your sort of award-winning speech. Um, you didn't... <laughs> You didn't do fabulous in the National League Premier. You did pick Harrogate and and, and Yeovil to finish in the playoff positions. And I think you were one of only a a couple to to pick Yeovil. Um, You got Chorley and Ebsfleet to finish um, in the bottom four, correct? You also had your your money on the shirt of Paul McCallum, but he ended up with 11 goals for the season. Um, You did very well in the National League North. You got five of the seven clubs to finish uh, up that at top end and uh, you picked correctly Bradford Park Avenue um, to finish in the bottom two. You also had your money on Jordan Hole to, to finish top scorer. He got 14 goals and therefore 14 points for you. And you got Haven't Bath and Dartford. You were just strong and consistent, I think, um, all, all through. Your stinker, though, uh, and I, I don't really want to end on a negative, Dicky. but the one thing we've, we, we, we've got to crucify <laughs> you this for one was coming. is that you said that, you said that Telford United, who, who listeners, I think he's wearing the new shirt there on the Zoom call, uh, that they reach the playoffs and win them as well. Oh, well, I'm allowed to dream. And, you know, when I've got the re- when I've got done so well on the others, maybe allowing me that one. Um, yeah, I think it was just a case of new signings that we made just didn't gel, really. And, um, you know, and I think it was Solihull that I tipped for the um, National League title. You did. 
Yeah, you and, and I know that was I know that was based on. I mean, I think they just signed Callum Howe and McCallum. Uh, Callum Howe certainly helped. I think they conceded the fewest goals in, in the top division, but it was the other end that they seemed to have the problems, wasn't it? And then um, I don't know whether there was a little bit of a hangover after their FA Cup defeat as well, after that being three 0 up against Rotherham, was it? And then and then losing four three. I think that um, might have knocked them back a little bit. But no, I'm I'm you know I hadn't actually dared look back at my predictions because I didn't want to see how bad they might have been but you know perhaps I will now but yeah no thanks Rob for organising that and yeah see if we can retain my title next season. So just before we uh, we let Adam and Adam go um, those of you that got the non-league paper last week will have seen that every year Mr Virgo has to uh, pick his, his top 11 from the National League um, mm. It was all over. It was all. He was the centrefold last week. Adam Virgo in 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 the non-league paper, <laughs> um, and uh, what, I'll read through that team in just a moment. Adam, we don't need to justify it all again because we want to get Adam Summertons. But what I was going to say is, did you? You must have got told because I've checked it and checked it. You must have got told no subs this year. I bet that made it a yeah, lot. Yeah, do you know? I always put subs in when I don't know. I can't pick a starting eleven. And they go, you can have a bench. I'm like, great, I'll, I'll, I'll stick a load on the bench, which I remember uh, Rory Deacon having a go at me for putting him on his bench once. Um, he, he wasn't too pleased about that. But yeah, I mean, my, my team was, the, the goalkeeper was the hardest. I, I, I found it difficult to try and, and I, I know you picked up on it, texting me saying you didn't agree with my goalkeeper. But And two centre-halves, it was it was difficult. I mean, that was a, a, a real mixture. Um I think usually I go for a 4-4-2 formation, but this time I went for a 4-3-3. And it was really down. Do I pick Reese Murphy to go into a three or do I pick um, Baldwin at Notts County to, to make a four-man midfield? And I just felt that Reese's goals for Yeovil were more valuable and these performances were so important to, to Darren's uh, season for, for Yeovil. So that's kind of why I picked Reese as a three rather than Enzio to put them into a four. And I went for Nathan Clark at centre-half. So I felt, when I, when I do this, I try and look at the season as a whole. And I remember picking Michael Cheek a few years ago when Braintree got relegated, but he had scored 20 goals. And it's like, I try and look at it as, a, as an outsider of right. And I think Rawlinson at Notts County had a fantastic season as well, but unfortunately didn't end up playing in the two playoff games. I think Neil maybe would have wished to picked him in the final now instead of Ben. Um, after his performance, but I think that that's that's the way that I go. But my my team is always solid, good going forward. But this we, we haven't heard your te- we haven't heard your team yet. Yeah, I'm gonna I'll read through it in just oh, a yeah, second. <laughs> so so okay, without further comment, and just to uh, just to bring in Adam to, to Adam Summerton to uh, tell us who he'd pick also from that team and who else he'd bring in. Uh, in goal, Ryan Boot of Solihull Moors. Right back, Kane. Smith of Borehamwood, centre-backs Connell Rawlinson at Notts County and uh, Nathan Clark at FC Halifax Town. Uh, Left-back Mark Kitchen of Hartlepool. Uh, Harry Butiman of Sutton, who might have had a mention earlier on in this podcast tonight, possibly great season for him. Uh, Josh Falkingham uh, of Harrogate Town. John Rooney of Barrow, now of course in the EFL with them. Cabby uh, uh, Kabongo Shimanga of Borehamwood, Scott Quigley of Barrow, and Reese Murphy of Yeovil. So the floor is yours, Mr. Summerton. 
Well, I mean, there were several goalkeepers that I could have gone for. I went for Dixon because I suppose that it was it was so close between several goalkeepers and I thought that Dixon had the most clean sheets. He had the highest percentage in terms of appearances to clean sheets as well. So won the title too. So I've gone for him there. Right back, I think Smith at Boreham Woods would probably have been my first pit. But having watched him and how important he was in the playoff final as well. And I know that he played fewer games, but I really like Fallowfield. I think that he's a player who's got to eventually play at a, when well, he is going to play at a higher level now, but I think he could go even higher than League Two, to be honest. And that ball he put in for the opener as well was, was brilliant at Wembley. So I, I, I know that Smith played more games and I know there's not much between them, but I am going to go with Fallowfield. Um, how I've gone with as one of the centre-halves. This was, I found this really difficult. There's a lot of there's a lot of centre-half choice, to be honest. That you could, I mean, Hurd had a good season at Barrow. Goodger I could have gone with as well. Um, and I looked at, I mentioned earlier about that, what I think is a great blend they've got at Harrogate of, of young, fairly inexperienced players who've really only played at a lower level and players like Jack Muldoon who are much more experienced. But I think one of the younger players who really stood out for me was, particularly for a centre-back, was, I think he's 22, is Will Smith. Um, I think he did really well, so I'm going to throw him in. Uh, I think Kay at Barrow has, has had a really good season, has really progressed and matured and weighed in with some goals and some assists as well. So I've, I've gone with him on the left. And then the midfield, Beautyman, I think is an obvious pick. Um, Falkingham, for me, is, is a player who, I think it's said he's almost like a bit of a quarterback, really, for Harrogate. And when he's playing well, I always find that they tend to play well. He's a really important player in a side that have done so well this season and contribute in lots of different ways, both creatively and in, 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 at times in a destructive way as well. So I think he's been really important to a side that's won promotion. Rooney, because of the creativity and the goals that he's delivered, um, has an, had an absolutely excellent season. The left, I, I did a 4-4-2 and I found the left-hand side of midfield a really, really difficult one. In fact, even, even as I'm talking to you now, I'm not really fully decided, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I think Sorba Thomas has improved greatly um, on the left-hand side at, at Boreham Wood. Had, had been called up to the England C squad, hadn't he, before um, for that game that got cancelled because of COVID. Um, I think Hippolyte's had a, a good season as well at, at Yeovil. Uh, and then you've got Enzio Baldwin as well. And I suppose Enzio Baldwin's contributed perhaps the most out of all of them if you look at it in terms of assists and goals. But he, he's blown hot, a little bit hot and cold. There's one or two Knots fans have been critical of him at times. So I'm finding this... One really, really difficult. I think I'll probably just go with Baldwin, but it's it's like a fag paper between them, to be honest. There's, there's, for me, there wasn't a great deal of difference between them. And then up front, I've gone with um, Quigley, who's led the line brilliantly for Barrow this season. And I, need, I was going to leave him out because of his performance in the playoffs because I thought he, he just didn't deliver to his normal standards for Boreham Wood in the playoffs. He was fairly quiet, Shimanga. But I think you look at his record on a whole this season, he has been excellent. But I just wish he'd, he'd, we'd seen more of him in those playoff games because he just didn't really get involved, did he? I think that would be a frustration for, for Boreham Wood. But um, yeah, just maybe, just ever so slightly ahead of Murphy, perhaps. But that would be my side. So Dixon, Fallowfield, Smith, Howe, Kay, Beautyman, Falkingham, Rooney, Baldwin, Quigley and Shimanga. Brilliant stuff, Adam. Yeah, just, just coming in on, on Shimanga. I've watched him a few times. He's kept very, very quiet both games against Aldershot and then uh, quiet again in the uh, uh, the playoff semi-final and the eliminator. Look at his goals this season. I think he's probably the ultimate poacher in the National League. Um, if 
you get the ball to him in the box, he he finishes and he finds those little pockets of space. He doesn't necessarily beat six players or score fantastic goals from outside the box. He, he'll probably say he just didn't really get the service or, re, or get into the right places mm. uh, when it really, really mattered at the end of the season. But first season at this level, 20-odd uh, goals, uh, a great achievement. Um, I've, got, I've got Connor Hall from Harrogate in there, just again because of that... Um, factor of stepping up a level again really and and the, the fact that he's you know done so well um added some important goals as well for Harrogate as well and and I mentioned Callum Roberts in there as well just I mean it was I know it was only half a season at Notts County but you know I'm sort of counting some of what he did uh prior to his move there as well and you know I think he had a big impact on a side that were already going well so that those were just two names I would have thrown in there and, and two of those names I would have thrown in as well. The three I had down, Callum Roberts, probably he wasn't in the league long enough. I think that's why we haven't put him in the teams. Had we had a season full of Callum Roberts, I think he would have been in probably most of our teams. Um, is interesting, Adam Summerton, that you picked up on uh, Will Smith at the back for, for Harrogate because I think, um, like Dickie, I really, really noticed uh, Connor Hall the other player, I don't think he's had a mention at all. I don't think he's been an outstanding goalkeeper over the last few seasons. And he'd possibly been my goalkeeper, is uh, Belshaw of, of Harrogate as well. But uh, I'd have to echo what you guys said earlier about Harrogate. Fantastic achievement. Uh, a great team, a great club. And they did it in the right way, as did Barrow, of course. So let's have a little roundup of the National League South now and see what people's teams are, best goals and... And, and things like that. And who better to do that than, than Tom? Tom, uh, take us through your your thoughts. Yeah, so, you know, following the same sort of format as we've done with the National League, um, I, I did put together a, a team of the season as well, as I was requested to. And I know, Dickie, I think you did the same for the North. Um, so I'll do the team of the year first. Um, in goal, Aston Oxborough, uh, Wilston, champions, the best team throughout the season. They had the best defence as well. I mean, not on a goals per game basis, but in terms of pure goals conceded, they're the best defence, so their key career is there for most of the season, deservedly in there. Also the right back, Michi Effet, uh, or Michi Effetti, I think it is, and Jerome Aquino. They both made it in from the Wilson defence, as did Calvin Brooks from Weymouth at centre-back and Ollie Harfield from Weymouth at left-back. So two promoted teams provided the whole of the defensive unit. Um, sticking with the promoted teams, both wingers, Abdullah Baggy and Denon Lewis, both of these guys have come down from the professional game. I think Baggy was at uh, West Brom and Lewis was at Watford. And they've really, these have been the clubs where they've really established themselves. Um, then Lewis will back himself to, to cause problems for defences in the National League with Wilston. And Abdullah Baggy's already moved on to Eastleigh, so he'll be playing with them next season in the National League. In centre midfield, um, Tom Smith, who was the National League, uh, National League South player of the season, uh, he's had a fantastic season at Bath City where he scored 13 goals from central midfield. He was there on loan last year. Um, you know, he has played up front for them at times as well. Um, he was there on loan from Cheltenham last season and then when his contract expired, he signed with them permanently. And, and I think he's just he's a cut above what a lot of the other players in that division can offer. Um, and then the other midfielder to balance his attacking creative, creative instincts out is Lee Togwell from Slough Town, which is a slightly more left field one, but when you look at what's good about Slough Town and, and how well they perform this season, it's all about their work ethic. It's all about their work rate. It's all about their, their combative nature across the pitch. And no one sums that up or contributes to that more than Lee Togwell in the centre of the park. 
So I think he balanced Smith out perfectly. And then up top, um, Jonah Younger and Darren uh, McQueen. Um, a younger has uh, already got his, his big move. Uh, he's off to Bristol Rovers, uh, and I, I fully expect him to do well there. But he's had a fantastic season. I think he was uh, second in goals only to Darren McQueen, who who picked one up in the in the uh, playoff stages. And and McQueen's just been so central to Dartford's resurgence in the second half of the season under Steve King. Um, his his scoring ratio since Christmas has just been unbelievable. Um, and between him and uh, a younger up top, they they really complement each other well. So that's the team of the season. I spoke about Tom Smith in my team of the season. He's also my player to make the step up to the Football League. Um, so absolutely everything in his locker. He can dribble, he can pass, he can shoot from range, he can arrive in the box at the right time. Uh, he's just everything you want from a field player in that final third of the pitch. Um, and also, I have a theory that all the best teams have at least one ginger player. Um, and Tom Smith could bring that. In terms of best management performance of the season outside the top two, I mean, the first thing you have to say is that the best managerial performance of the season is undoubtedly Mark Molsey um, and what he's done at Weymouth. That is an incredible achievement uh, for the team who came up through uh, from from the Southern League to just straight back-to-back promotions at a level where a lot of teams are professional. Remarkable achievement, absolutely fantastic. And of course, Dean Brennan's also done a great job at Wilson uh, coming in after Bob Wilkinson. But... um, Potentially controversially given my role as the club photographer at Hampton and Richmond now, but my managerial performance of the season is to Gary McCann. He took a step up last season from Hendon. Uh, Hampton and Richmond didn't have the greatest season last year. Coming into the beginning of this season, they had one contracted player when they started out. Uh, they had to build an entire squad and frankly, it didn't work. After 11 games, they had seven points and I think most people were looking at them as favourites for relegation. Um, but they turned it around. They reinvested. They, they they had a fantastic FA Cup run where they got to Oldham Athletic, and I think the second round where they got knocked out. Um, and then they reinvested that in the squad, brought in a few experienced heads, complemented that with some fantastic younger players. And they signed the likes of Dan Lowe or Steve Domo from Hungerford, who did so well. Um, Ryan Hill, the, the former Stoke City young player, they brought him in. And he's whenever you speak to fans of other clubs, they, they always talk Ryan Hill, one of the most difficult players to play against in the National League South. Based on form, almost certainly they would have overhauled Dorking in the playoff places if the league had continued. I think they missed out by, uh, let me just have a look at the table, um, they missed out by about half a point on making it into the playoffs on the uh, on the points per game model. Uh, and had the season finished, I think they would have been a real strong shot for the playoff bet. So yeah, that's uh, my uh, managerial performance. And then team to watch for next season is Chippenham Town. I'll, I'll caveat that by saying I think having the water mover, they're still the strongest side in the league. Um, I thought they were this season. I think they probably will be next season. But Chippenham Town have already signed well. They've brought in some really interesting players this season, uh, this summer already. I think they're one of the stronger teams from outside that sort of London M25 corridor. But um, the likes of Joe Hanks from Gloucester City, obviously Dickie, you'll know him well, I'm sure. I think he's, a, he's really got the ability to be a good player in this division. Uh, Luke Russ, from Bristol Rovers, that's a really good signing. Um, he'll he'll be one of the best midfielders in the division next year. And also, of course, Marlon Jackson's coming from Gloucester City as well. So they've recruited well already. Um, and I think they'll be a good team to watch out for. Dickie's going to give us, well, the same version, but of the North now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've spent a fair few hours thinking about this, actually. So, uh, yeah, we'll get going with uh, my team of the season. Um 
Pete Jameson from York City in goal. I think just they had the I think the best defensive record. I think he had the most clean sheets in the league as well uh, with 15. So he was not I wouldn't say the obvious pick, but um, obviously had a really had a really good season for them. Um, a teammate of his, well, a former teammate of his now actually, uh, in David Ferguson, who's just in the last week moved on to Hartlepool United. Um, he was uh, formerly at Darlington. I remember him at Darlington and, and sort of gained a reputation as being a, a really good attacking left wing back. And he's just carried that on at York. I think he, he provided a, um, a, a tremendous amount of assists for them last season. I'm, I'm sure he'll do well at Hartlepool. Um, so, yeah, I've kind of gone for a 5-3-2 on the opposite side from that. I've gone for Joel Taylor from Chester. Just seems a really consistent performer. I think um, he joined them from Kidderminster. I think it's a surprise to actually think that Kidderminster would actually let him go with with how well he's done for for Chester. And then in the centre of the defence or, or the back three, Gareth Dean from Brackley Town. He's a perennial perennial pick for me, to be perfectly honest. I think what's really stood out for me this year is he's um, a partnership alongside a third different partner in three years. I've tried to reflect the teams who've done well in the division through this. So Luke Shields from Boston, I think he was a, a really good addition for them um, and captain their side. And obviously they got to a playoff final. Um, and then alongside him, I've gone for Mike Williamson from Gateshead, not just for his performances on the field as well, but but for the, his his off-field performance as well as in the player-manager role um, from a team dropping down a division which, you know, wasn't their choice, you know, and it wasn't necessarily because of performances the season before. But I think for them to be a a playoff side this year, I think he's given them an awful lot of stability. And I think the fact that his performances on the field, you know, didn't really suffer for the fact that he was got the managerial role as well. He's got into my team. I've got a midfield three, um, another captain, Jake Moult from Altrincham. He's just a, uh, he's just the kind of person that you build a team around. I think that's what Phil Parkinson has, has done. He he just sits in front of the defence and, and shields them brilliantly and, and obviously lifted the, the, the trophy last week with, with them winning promotion. Will Hatfield from Darlington, uh, I think this is based on mainly the performances I saw against him. I only saw some of these players once last season, obviously, because of the curtailment of the season. But I was told that Will Hatfield was enjoying a standout season for Darlington. I saw him uh, at Telford just before the season came to its conclusion, and he was absolutely terrific. So, um, yeah, Will Hatfield is my choice in there. And then Josh Hancock from Altrincham as well. Some people might have picked him as a forward, perhaps. I think he got 14 goals. But he's he's not an out and out forward. It's very much Jordan Hume who's in that role at Altrincham, and he plays in the space behind him. Obviously, does it tremendously well to have fourteen goals, and and he's he's a promotion with with him. I've gone for a front two. You can't look any further than Adam Marriott of Kingsland Town, leading scorer in the league, twenty seven goals, only two of them from penalties, and and has ultimately promote you know propelled them to the title and promotion. And it's a you know huge relief. I think after a little spell in close season where they weren't sure whether Adam Marriott was going to be staying with Kings Lynn, that he is staying um, and he's going to be at the walks next season. And I think he'll, you know, that that's huge for them really. It's a big signing. It's a big re-signing that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it absolutely is. You know, you, you take goals out of a side in that quantity and you've always got to be thinking who who's going to fill those, you know, who's going to fill those boots and, you know, keeping Adam Marriott <clears throat> when perhaps they fear they might be going to lose him, maybe feels like uh, getting a new signing. And my other one, you know, it's it's tough this one. I've gone for Lee and Love of Brackley Town. He's been around for... Your mate. <laughs> well, not no, not 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 because he's my mate. No, his his twenty goals this season didn't include any penalties, which I think was the the, the deciding factor when I was weighing him up again, alongside some of the other forwards. Been around for a few seasons, but I think he's really kind of stepped up into that leading goal scoring role at Brackley this season. So that that was the reason he uh, made my selection. Um, in terms of managers, obviously, we, we said we weren't going to consider the managers who were, who steered sides to promotion. But outside of that, I'm going to go for the manager who took Boston to third in Craig Elliott. I'm not sure that that was something that I'd foreseen before the season started. I don't think, I'd say, I haven't checked back on my predictions. But, you know, Boston had an outstanding season. Craig Elliott's been building something quite nicely at Boston now for perhaps the best part of two, two and a half seasons. Um, and clearly they had a big disappointment last weekend, but they've got the the Philip of moving to their new stadium. Hopefully crowds will be allowed in to see them. And, and you know, this I think there's still lots to be positive about at Boston and, and he's built a big part of that. Um, in terms of a player to progress, this is a player that actually has, I think he's got a Premier League appearance or two under his belt. And it's Adam Campbell from Darlington. Um, he was actually on loan at Gateshead a few seasons ago with Callum Roberts, who clearly we've, we've spoken about a lot on the podcast and, and, you know, we've predicted great things for him. Adam Campbell, he's, he's 25. So um, he's, he's dropped out of the professional game, but I know Darlington were absolutely thrilled that he signed a new contract with them to stay for next season after he'd done so well for them this year. I think he was probably, I'll probably get corrected on this, but I think he might have had 16 or 17 goals for them. And I think what will help next season with him is they've signed Dan Maguire after his release from York City. He's returning to his native northeast, and I And I can just see Maguire and Campbell as just being a really potent front pairing for Darlington next season. I think, you know, they've got the right players to, to, to have, you know, the supply lines to them. And, and you've got two players there that you've got to watch. And I think if you're too busy looking at Maguire, Campbell will benefit or, or, and vice versa. So Adam Campbell, I think, should and maybe, well, hopefully will, you know, build on that and, and catch the eye. And I can see him getting another chance in the EFL if he has another good season there. My goal of the season, um, not going to look too far back for this one. Came only, about, came only about three weeks ago. And yeah, and you've got it right there. It was Shane Burns goal almost directly from the kickoff for Brackley versus Gateshead in the playoff uh, eliminators. Just a, a fantastic, audacious uh, thing to do to spot goalkeeper Brad James. A bit slow to get back to his line after, you know, coming out to congratulate his teammates having taken the lead just seconds earlier. And I think I read a quote from Shane Burns saying that it, it, it chiefly came because he was just pissed off that they conceded a goal so close to half time. He saw the goalkeeper off his line, the ball was touched to him and he just 
smacked it over the goalkeeper from you know half the length of the field. <laughs> Fantastic goal. When we were Sorry. looking at our goals of the season in the league above, actually, there was a very similar one by Nathan Clark from Halifax away at Ebbsfleet. I think that was from a free kick and that was you know probably from just on the edge of the centre circle. Same thing, saw the goalkeeper off his line and hit it and it whistled in. Um, I just wanted to say, Tom and Dickie, great roundups from the south and the north. And the only point that I wanted to make is this. And I don't know if many people have thought about this, but the biggest shame of this whole COVID thing as far as, um, you know, the the difference between step two and step three, that, that no step three team, unfortunately, has the opportunity to step up next season. And that is in the very season after Kings Lynn, Dorking and Weymouth all did the same thing and went straight through those divisions. So it's it's a big shame. I know one team in particular won't quite believe that they've got to wait at least one more season to come up to the National League North, but I'm sure South Shields will uh, will go and uh, <clears throat> show us all again next season exactly why they should be there. And yeah, and I've gone for I've gone for Spennymoor Town again, not not because just because I'm doing, not because I have a lot of friends up there, but. Um, Genuinely, I think they've made some terrific signings in the summer. I think um, I think the recruitment looks like it's been exceptionally good there. And yeah, I, th- I think Spennymoor, having been really close this season and, and, and losing out only on playoffs because of PPG, I think they'll they'll have a little bit of a point to prove and I think they'll go well. And if Spennymoor had made those top seven, Luke, you might have had a clean sweep. Seven out of seven. Well, you would, COVID, eh? I would have had a yeah. couple <laughs> Yeah, guys, it's been uh, been an absolute pleasure, not only this evening, but throughout the season. And, and thank you for all your hard work and all your interviews, and it's been great. Cheers, no, you're welcome. Always enjoy it, Luke. Brilliant. Yeah, cheers, guys. It's always a pleasure. Well, uh, we're we going to have a, a summer break, and we'll be back, well, the week before potentially the National League season starts, or uh, are we end of September. Yeah, why not? Let's do it. But uh, enjoy your break, boys. It's been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. Look forward to it. Um, and, and, and just to mention, both Adam Summerton and Adam Virgo who joined us tonight have already both messaged me to say how much they enjoy coming on, which, uh, which is great, really, because they really are the professional opinion, aren't they? Well, Adam Virgo certainly is. Um, and Adam Summerton's mm. watched an awful lot of National League football. So uh, I, 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 for one, think that we should put... Um, penalty points against us if we make bad predictions next year and I think we should invite those two to join us as well and that is it from us thanks once again to the two Adams Virgo and Summerton and thank you as well for listening to us throughout the season don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes by NL full time and you'll, you'll you'll get the podcast straight to your device every week and give us a follow on Twitter at NL full time or you can drop us an email as well during the summer NL full time at gmail.com Until then, look after yourselves, have a good summer, and we'll do it all again in a few weeks' time.